Well, praise God. Hallelujah. I told you it's going to be a little bit different of a night. Um, and it is on many levels, you know, and it's, a, it's kind of a good, uh, a, a, like I said, it's a good uh, shakeup for us. But, you know, one of the, the, the first things was the, you know, uh, sitting there, as we were sitting there kind of in, in, in between, before the Lord and just praying, each of us individually, you know, what, what, what stirred in my heart was the idea of the need for us to practice getting quiet before the Lord and, and taking time, you know, in our lives because there's so much chaos, so much, you know, always going on. There's so much, you know, uh, uh, noise and stuff in our lives. So, so it's good to do that. And I believe that that's part of what God was doing. But, you know, um, I really, I, 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 it's been interesting because, you know, I had a message on my heart for about a week um, and there's been things in my heart for, for some, you know, through, through that time. And, and uh, uh, I was just really, you know, in the last few days, I really found myself just really desiring to be with God's people. And, you know, I, 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 even, I even to the place where I, I started imagining, you know, I started having imaginations of like, you know, getting together with some of you and just like talking about the word and stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, I, and just uh, really being before uh, God and, and partaking of what he has. As my wife said, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that are going on. And, and one of the things uh, that I wanted to do tonight was kind of have more of a, uh, I guess what we would call more of a family meeting. And really the idea behind that is really just to, you know, to, to talk more frankly. Um, you know, I find it really important uh, as, a, as, a, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a father, all those things, you know, as a husband, I find it really important not to be stale before the Lord. Right. Being stale is not a good place to be, you know. Um, if you've ever seen water that sits, it doesn't, you know, it's it's not good. It needs to be uh, moved and stirred up, you know, um, so it doesn't get stagnant and stuff like that. But as Christians, we can do that as well. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to put before you is that um, is the, is some knowledge and just, uh, just so you understand. You know, there's times where we see things will be different. You know, you come in here tonight, and like I said, I, 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 I truly in my heart don't believe it's going to stay this way. Um, but I, I really, truly believe that I was supposed to do this as well. And uh, part of it is, is just that idea of making us a little bit uncomfortable and in, in, in being okay with that, you know, and, and just being like a little bit like oh you know this isn't something that has to be a certain way in order for it to be right because we're not told about that you know that if your chair is here your chair is there if it moves around that all those things are good in fact you know it's it's, it's interesting because I, I don't even have a uh, full like I, I I was preparing I worked on a message uh, but I don't, you can see, I don't even have my iPad. All I have is my Bible tonight. And um, I, I do have some scriptures that are on my heart that I believe we'll go through. So I don't have a title for it or anything like that. But I, like, I really just wanted to talk with people. I wanted to, you know, share the word, share uh, some, uh, maybe a little bit of vision for what's going on in, in, in our churches. And I mean, our churches, meaning Mayville and Corey. Um, you know, we're endeavoring to just follow the Lord and be accurate according, accordingly. We're not, uh, we're not trying to follow man's plan. Um, in fact, I'll be honest with you, I've grown to the place where I'm quite done with following man's plan. Um, you know, I, 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 and it's not that there's, you know, plans are always bad or anything like that. But it's just, it, it, it's, it's, what I find is it's just never... Um, satisfying and when I mean satisfying I don't mean like oh I'm pleased not pleased by this but like 
I, I don't feel spiritually filled by that. You know, some time ago I was in, in the quarry, we were going down to quarry and, and, and these words came to me as we were going down there. And, and, and I thought of them again as I was thinking about tonight's service. And that was, if, if I were never to have heard the word before, if I were to have never sat in church before, and I opened the Bible uh, and, and started reading it, is this the conclusion that we would come to, the, the, that I would come to, you know? And uh, uh, quite honestly, I, I look at a lot of things and I think that it's fluff and I don't see that it is. And I believe in standards, I believe in holding standards, and you know, and I'll still do that. I'm not throwing all standards out the window or anything like that. So I don't want you to get too afraid or anything, but you know, COVID did that to us, and then of course we learned, uh, I, I don't wanna lose that thought process. And so, so uh, that's, that's a, a little bit of a reason why it's a little bit different as well. Um, but there were some things in my heart, and I really wanted to speak about them from the heart. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want to interject too many notes and stuff like that, or really no notes at all. So with that, we can get into Scripture. I'm going to turn to the first one um, that I have on my heart, and it's Hebrews uh, 10. I hope I remember all the, all the ones. I, I believe the Lord will bring them out as we go. And that's the other thing, you know, I could finish, I doubt it, but finish in 15 minutes and, and, and we'll be good. Amen. But coming together in the local church is, is such an important thing. But there's a way to come together. Um, there's a way to be a Christian. You know that? Yes. Yeah. There's an important way to be a Christian. Right. And it's not according to a denomination. It's not according to rules or regulations. But it's according to the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Praise God. And so if you found uh, Hebrews 10.22... Um, you know, this, this scripture, it just, uh, it's, it's sound off in my, my spirit. Uh, it's been a lot lately, but even today. And it says here, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith is the only way to live as a Christian. Yeah. You know, I, as I question things, as I look at things, as I read the word, as I look at doctrines, as I do this, as I hear people debate things, I keep coming back to the same place, the assurance of faith, full assurance of faith. What does that mean? Full assurance of faith isn't like, you know, it's not, it's not oh, do you have enough faith? It's not faith for this or faith for that. But full assurance of faith literally means full assurance and trust in God. It's that our hearts are so before the Lord, that our lives are so intertwined with the Lord, that we trust Him fully, we trust Him only, we trust Him completely in every area of life. If anything we do, apart from that trust in God, if there's anything that we do that's apart from that trust in God, we're doing it in error. Yeah. When we come together, we have to come together in full assurance of faith. When we read the word, we have to read the word with full assurance and faith. When we step out in, in, in what seems to be the leading of the spirit and, we, uh, and we're, we're, we're gonna do what we believe God is calling us to do, we have to do so in full assurance and faith. And here's the thing, it's, it's, it's about trusting God. 
when we, you know, I found too many times that we put, uh, we, 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 we put a demand on a man or, a, or, or on a woman. We put, uh, you know, kind of all our eggs in that basket. Well, so-and-so said this and so-and-so did it this way and so-and-so wants to do it this way. But I'm telling you, I'm throwing all that out. I said, I'm throwing it all out because I don't really care what anyone else did and you shouldn't either. You shouldn't care what it is I'm doing unless I'm preaching the word. But if I'm not preaching the word, then it doesn't really matter. And you know, there's so many things, there's so many doctrines out there, there's so many uh, people's lives that are based on these, they have full assurance of faith, but not in God, they have it in things that aren't even scriptural, they have it in things that, that at the very least, are, are you find very little in scripture, they base their entire life around these things, they hold to these things as, as, as some kind of, uh, is the word dogma? That they, you know, they just, they, 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 they wrap their, their lives up in those things. And before you know it, they're not even, they're not even talking about the word anymore. The word gives us the father. It shows us the father. The word leads us to that. In fact, the most spiritual thing you can do is read the word. Especially in faith. Amen. To read, to look at the word of God and say, this is God's word. This is what he has spoken. And this is what I need to teach me. This is what I need for my understanding. That's the only place that we can truly live right before the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so when, when, when we're talking about this, uh, this full assurance of, uh, of faith, we have to remember if it's faith, if we're going to be right, if it's faith, it's got to be faith in God, yeah. nothing else. Yeah. It's nothing else. Yeah. See, and it's so funny because, you know, so many people have made faith to be about so many things other than God. They've made it to be about, you know, they've made it to be about healing or they made it to be about finances or they made it to be about revival or they made it to be about this or made it to be about that. But God isn't the focus of those things. And it's so funny to me because as I read the story, I mean, the, the, the story, God's story, the book, the Bible, hallelujah, as I read it over, you know, and, and look at different things, you know, I, as I look at it from this, this perspective, it's amazing how much different I see the word of God. It's amazing how much, I mean, I'm reading the, you know, of course, right after this, we get into what we call the great faith, uh, the, the great faith chapter, you know, and, and, and so many times I looked at this and just this afternoon I was in this and you just skip on down to 11, eight, we don't have to go there because I was just, just off the top of my head by faith, Abraham, when he was called obeyed. And I, and I, I as I was reading this scripture, uh, uh, Hebrews 10.22 to you, I happened to glance over and glance right at that scripture and I saw this in a light that I never did because I wasn't even reading the scripture. I was just drawn to it. And I saw that when he was called, he obeyed. Amen. See, what he obeyed was he obeyed the commandment of God. He obeyed God. He obeyed the direction of God. That's what he obeyed. And in fact, if you look at all the people that are used, that, that are talked about in that chapter, it all has to do around their faith, their trust, their absolute 100% trust in God. In God the Father, Heavenly Father, that's where they put it. You know, it's like, you know, there's formulas. People come up with formulas and they come up with different, you know, different this and different that. But you know, the only formula you need is to trust God. Yeah. Read the word and trust God. Amen. Right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to uh, Romans 8. You know, what was interesting is this afternoon, I was trying to put the final touches on a message and and I, 
I couldn't do it. And, and my heart was heavy, heavy, heavy. I mean, I haven't felt my heart specifically being heavy, that heavy in a long time. I was telling my wife that I almost felt as though I would like pass out. It was like that, that much heaviness that was weighing on me. And, you know, and I just like, it just doesn't seem right. And I'm going to skip me for the Lord. And there's so many things in my mind. There's so many things in my heart, you know, all these things that are going on uh, just everywhere or whatever. And those words, full assurance of faith came back to me. They, they, they came back to me. And instantly I entered into that place as I was laying there. I entered into that place where I was like, I trust you, Lord. I trust what you say to me. I trust where you're taking me and what you're doing. You know, I trust the work that you're doing through me and in me and in my life. You know, just as a, not as a pastor, but as a, as a Christian, as a believer. I just, Lord, I trust you with my life. I trust what you're doing. I trust the leading. I trust your word. I trust this, this, this sense. And when I got, you know, when I get a sense that, oh, something's wrong, to look at it and say, well, no, there's probably something wrong. Or I don't need somebody else to tell me that. That I, you, you know, that I just, I, I started leaning into him. And as I, as I started leaning into him, all of a sudden I had this urge to come down and change the sanctuary around. Yeah. That's what it was. You'd ask my wife, I came in here, I was ready to build a platform. And I was just really, you know, I just, just, just like change. I just had to change. I needed, I needed to break out of that, that, that thinking. Amen. And maybe oh, this is only just for me for tonight. Amen. Maybe this is nothing for nobody else, but it's for me. And I, praise God, I needed it. I needed to break out of that, that, you know, just that staleness of, of what we do and how we do it. And what I mean by that is I don't mean, you know, having church, having church is wonderful. Uh, coming together, I told you, you know, I, I just think I want to, I've been thinking I just want to be with the people and, and to talk about the word and stuff like that. But, but that's just really it. You know, we get, so I think about where my problems lie in my mind, my struggles in my mind are probably the same as yours if you think about it, that the struggles, they're never with God. Right. It, my struggle isn't with God and trusting God. My struggles are with what, what somebody says, uh, you know, uh, about God that isn't right or what somebody demands that I do or somebody else thinks that I should do here or do there. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like my struggles are never with, with him. It's not with his word. The word is truth. I know the word is truth. And every time I'm struggling, every time I'm caught up in something, I go to the word. I go back to the word because I know that it's truth. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it's from that place that God feeds me, that he teaches me, that he shows me. Hallelujah. Did you find Romans 8? Yeah. There's a, there's a connection here. I want to go back and see it real quick. So just don't mind me as I, I, I do my own journey here. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. It was Hebrews, right? Praise the Lord. It says at the end of Hebrews 10.22, don't go back there, just stay in Romans because we're going to get there real quick. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Romans 8.1 Therefore, there is, now, uh, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no more condemnation for us. It doesn't exist. God, God isn't, uh, we're, we're not getting, we don't, we don't have to slip back into this place of, of being condemned and, and feeling like we're not enough and feeling like we can't or, or, or anything like that. And, and even more so, uh, God isn't 
you know, what, what it's really saying here is God isn't up in heaven looking down on us, condemning us, saying that, you know, these, these people are sinners, that they're condemned. Uh, it, 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 we've been freed from that. This doesn't exist for us anymore. So why do we keep bringing ourselves back to it? Why do we keep putting ourselves back in bondage? When, when God says there's no bondage, our, our hearts have been sprinkled clean with full assurance of faith. Our hearts have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And then we have our conscience and we're told that it's wrong or we're told that we're missing it or we're told that we're not right or we have to do this. And you know, don't get me wrong. Like we need to hear correction from the word. We need to hear uh, when, when we've been wrong. You know, I, I, I said on Sunday, I made a little bit of a gaffe and it was not what I meant, but it was just what I said. Uh, I said that, you know, people are generally good. And what I meant by that is that, but that people aren't typically going around just having ill will towards each other. Uh, like, you, you know, people by and large want people live in harmony and stuff like that. But we're not good in God's eyes. We're not good compared to him. That's a, you know, a different, although we've been washed and cleaned and praise the Lord for that. But it goes on to say, for the law of the spirit of life in, in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could, could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did sending, uh, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So the law of uh, the law of the spirit, the law of the spirit of life is just this. It's it's not walking according to the flesh, but walking according to his spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. And you wonder why so many people are not living in life and peace, why so many people don't have that, uh, they, they, they don't have that peace. And the reason is, is because so many people, are, their minds are just, they're just set on the flesh. You know, whether if it's if it's not uh, rules and regulations that we do this, I don't know. I can't tell you how over the years being a pastor, how many times I've had Christians come to me and, and, and say things like, I, I, I just don't feel like I've been enough and or I just don't feel like I, I, I can do enough or whatever. And it's like, do you know what God did for you? Do you know what Christ has done in you? That he's changed you. He's, he's redeemed you from that. He paid the price for all of that. Yeah. Of course you can't. Of course you feel that way. But see, a mindset on the flesh brings you back to condemnation. Yeah. Set, the, set your mind on your Heavenly Father. And you, you're sitting there wondering how we do this. And we're going to talk about getting spiritual. You know, I sent that message out about being deceived. I truly thought that that's the way that the message was going to go. That I was going to preach specifically a message on being deceived. And in some respects, I am preaching that because Christians are deceived. We don't even understand. It's like uh, people have made following the word and listening to the word such a difficult thing. And it's the easiest thing in the world. His spirit speaks to us all the time about what what he wants to do, what he's showing us, amen? Uh, he, he leads us in the word. He guides us according to the word. He gives us, you know, churches and stuff like that where we can hear the word. Praise the Lord. But the mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh, look at this, is hostile towards God. So a mind that's constantly consumed with the flesh. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How are we going to overcome? How are we going to make it? 
You know, the thing, is, the, the thing is, I figured out about church, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to, from one week to the next, I have no idea how to do it. I mean, really? I'm like, I keep doing this thing. And yeah, we can get into our routine and do our routine. And that becomes easy, you know, if we have this, we have that. We do our routine and then we just do our thing. And that's, that's what church becomes. But really, like, like I, don't want, I don't want church that's just a routine. I want church that has the power of God. I want church that knows the power of God. I want church that knows even more than the power of God. I want a church that knows the presence of God. I want people that feel comfortable when they sit before their heavenly father and allow him to love on him and bask in his presence because it's that is that's the thing that we're all missing it's that presence of God that we're missing and it's so easy it's not about you know that's the thing it's not about following some rule that you got to do this this much of the time or you got to do this this much of the time but this is the thing that we're called to live in we're called to live this this is what it is to be a Christian. It's to not set your mind on the flesh. We've, we know the flesh is no good. We've been there. We've dealt with it. We felt it. We understand what it's like to live in the flesh. Amen? God is calling us higher. Praise the Lord. Uh, what was I saying there? <clears throat> because the mindset in the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God for, uh, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Do we have anybody in here that's received Jesus as the Lord and Savior and the work of the cross? Do we have anybody who recognizes or, or, or equates themselves with that? Do you know that when you do that, uh, praise God. You know, there's many debates over the Holy, Holy Spirit stuff. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. When you receive Jesus, when you accept what he's done, you get the Holy Spirit in its fullness, his fullness. You get the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus in his fullness. What I mean by that is, you know, we, we, we go so often to different, so we're actually going to go to one. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, do I want to go there now? Probably not now. Maybe we'll go there. I don't know. But, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is a, it's something that he wants to do. The filling of the Holy Spirit, that's something he wants to do all the time. It, it's, it's not, and it's not that you get filled with more Holy Spirit or less Holy Spirit. That's completely unscriptural. I said it's completely unscriptural. We don't get filled. We don't have more or less of the Holy Spirit. But you think he's partially living in you? Wait, is it just his, well, what part of him is? Is it just his hand today? Is it just a big toe? Do you know what I mean? Like so people have this, de they have this debate over it, but Jesus said you will receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now there is this concept in, the, uh, in Scripture of, of the Holy Spirit filling us, and I do believe that there are, there, there are times where we need to fill up on the Spirit, and there's, there are ways to do that, and I'm going to give you one of the most practical ways to fill up on his Spirit. Amen? Are you ready for it? Yes. Actually, I might, uh, I, might, uh, I might take you there right now. Turn with me to John uh, 6. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Jesus spent so much time talking about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> 
John 6.63. Six sixty three. Yep. John six sixty three says it is a spirit who gives life. The flesh flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is in the words, and the words are the spirit. Because the words that he spoke are spirit and they are life. It's so amazing to me how much people just overlook this. They just don't see this. Now, listen, there's, you know, of course, prayer is a, is a way we connect with God. And, and I'm not saying that prayer, you know, um, Jude 1.20 says, uh, you know, one version, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that doesn't mean anything other than praying, uh, praying in, in, in accord with the Holy Spirit? That's what it means. Yeah. It's, not, it's not praying this way or praying that way. It's praying in accord with the Holy Spirit. You can pray that in English. You can pray it in tongues. You can pray in all kinds of different ways. But, but, but it's time that we, we stop making all this stuff something that the Bible doesn't make it. And we get to what the Word says. The words are enough because they are spirit and they are life. The words of God are enough because they are spirit and they are life. It's in that place. It's when we get into the word. You know, there, 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 there's a, how does it work? I don't know how it works. I don't really, I, I, maybe there's a way right now I don't really even care. I just know that that's the way that it works. Yeah. I, I, it's amazing to me how much when I study the word, you know, when I, when I put my mind and connect my mind, I'm going to say this again, I connect my mind to the word of God. Yeah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. When I connect my mind to the Word of God through the knowledge that is written in the Word, when I study the Word, not just read the Word through. Reading the Word through is not studying the Word. Studying the Word is, is getting in and understanding the text. It's understanding why it was written, what was, who it was written to, why it was written to them, and, and then how it applies to us. That's all. When I get in there and I study that, and it seems so, so like academic, right? But, but how do I do that? I do that in full assurance of faith. When I go to the Word, because He said that it's the words that He speaks are, 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 are spirit and they are life. Glory to God. We know according to John 17, 17, that we are cleansed through the washing of the Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. We know, uh, you know, we understand according to John 1, 1, that Jesus is the Word. And so the word, it doesn't matter where it is, is equated with him. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. See, the thing is, is I, I, I see Christians that struggle trying to get, uh, they try to get more of God and he's right there. It's, it's not, it, you know, this is, this is our doorway into the things that are God. We see his attributes. We see his, we get understanding about him through these things. Now, I want to... Uh, uh, Praise the Lord. Have I only been preaching 15 minutes? Yeah, well, praise the Lord. Glory, 20 minutes. Hallelujah. I told you it'd be a little bit different anyways. Uh, turn with me to John, or not John, uh, Psalm. Psalms 119. I think it's really interesting. We're going to start at verse 1. 
Psalm 118 is a real interesting psalm. It's the longest uh, book of the, or the longest chapter of the Bible, right? <clears throat> I, I don't know exactly how they broke up the chapters and verses when they did that, whoever it was that did that, but I, I assume that it had something to do with like sections, like they could see sections in it. <clears throat> but what's interesting is the, the, uh, uh, the, the heart of Psalm 119. We're going to start in verse 1. We're just going to read down through like probably 20, I think 24. It says, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now we understand the law of the Lord is what? The word. Yeah. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, which is his word. The word is the testimonies of what God has done. It's the, it's the law of the Lord. It's the direction of God. It's all these things. And that's why the Bible uses these different, these different terms to define it. Amen? <clears throat> Who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You have ordained your precepts. Precepts are, are, are his, his, like his words that are his direction that he's given through the word, right? You have, or, you have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes or your word. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments or your word. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments or your word. I shall keep your statutes or your word. Do not uh, forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought for you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Where do you think the seeking is? In his word. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. What keeps you from sin? His word. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes or your word. With my lips I have told of, of all the ordinances of your mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's his word. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. Again, as much as in all riches... What, what, is, what, what are we getting here? What theme are we seeing here? What is the, to this, the psalmist who's writing this, whoever it is, or the several, I don't know, but, but whoever was writing this, what, what, is, what is the importance to them? What do they recognize as the importance? It's the word of God. It's, 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 it's understanding the word of God. It's getting it so, uh, you know, the, I, I love, you know, the uh, uh, Romans 12 too. Of course, you know that I love that scripture, but it tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. A renewed mind is not a bad mind. Right. Amen? Right. You, you know, there's people that reject, uh, there's people that outright reject the mind. Well, you gotta be more spiritual, not the mind. People that do that stuff get weird. Yeah. I'm just telling you the truth. People that are always focused on spiritual stuff, spiritual this, spiritual that. They get weird. They can't do anything. Uh, they can't do anything in the natural. They, they cause, you know, they have all these issues that they, they run against. So in, in some of the, the, the people that are, are, are quote unquote the most spiritual are also the goofiest people that you ever meet. <laughs> you know, they talk about things. And listen, I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but I'm just saying that's not our calling. Our calling is to the direction in the word of God. It's to know his truth in our mind. It's to transform that mind that didn't think right, that thought according to the flesh, yeah. to transform that mind to start thinking according to the spirit. And this is what it is to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit is to walk according to God's Word. 
It's not to have some kind of experience. And that's the problem. So many Christians are looking for an experience. And experiences are fine. I've had many experiences. I'm not rejecting them. I would like experiences. I'm not saying if God wants to put an experience on me that I, I don't want to embrace that. I want to fully embrace that. I like experience. Amen? Amen. I go places because I like experience. I try new foods because I like experience. I read the word because I like experience. I follow God because I like experience. I want God too, you understand. But you, but you know what I'm saying? It's like that's not what it's about. It's not about all that stuff. It's not the experience that keeps someone stable. In fact, go back there. Just, uh, just turn the page back. He says, uh, how, how can a young man keep his way pure? By experience? By, uh, by, 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 by having, uh, you, you know, certain... Uh, no, it's by, it's by his word. A young man keeps his way pure by keeping it according to the word, by measuring his life according to the word. See, when you walk according to the word, you're not walking according to your flesh, you're walking according to the spirit. Why? Because the word is spirit. The words that he spoke are spirit and they are truth. They are spirit. So to walk according to the spirit would be to walk according to the word. I know I, I, I may be uh, overdoing this point, but I really, really, we need to understand this. We need to get this settled in us. When we have God's word working in us, we know when something's not God because we can recognize it easily. Why? Because instantly you know that's not this. When you have God's word hidden in your heart, when you've put it there as a treasure, when you've, when you've treasured God's word above all. See, one of the problems, one of the failures that I have seen over and over and over in Christianity, and this is across party lines. And what I mean across party lines, I mean it doesn't matter what denomination, what, what, what kind of church. When tr people have problems, when people are doing wrong things, it always comes down to one thing. They're not following the word. Yeah. They have separated themselves from the word. People get deceived. They've separated themselves from the word. They started listening to something that wasn't the word. And that's exactly what I bring it up. There's too many times I've gotten in too many arguments. I mean, I over and over and over again. I'm like, listen, I'm not saying anything about anybody. I'm not calling anybody bad or anything else. I'm not judging anybody's heart. I'm just saying this. If something somebody is saying is not according to the word, I'm not going to put it or equate it with the word. It doesn't hold the same, same weight in my life and nor should it. You know why? Because the word tells me that. Right. Amen. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Go back to the where we were. With my lips I have told of the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced uh, in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. See, this is, this, this is the heart of someone who knows God. Yeah. Like, like when, when they say, I rejoice in the word as much as all riches, I don't think that was a metaphor. I don't think that they were just saying, ah, you know, yeah, but I'd li really like an extra couple grand too. You know, that's not what they were saying. No, the, we see what it is, is, and I, I understand this because when you, when you tap into this, when you, when you break this open and you start seeing God and you start realizing God, all of a sudden there's, there's all these things in life that just don't matter so much. All these things that you've struggled with before, all these things that you chase after, they just don't matter as much. When you start seeing God and he starts revealing himself according to his word, oh my God, there's nothing better in the world than that. In fact, the thing that drives me in life, because by and large, I, don't, I, I, I have a hard time with life. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know why? Because the, the devil likes to assault my mind. He likes to throw things at me. He likes, to, he likes to get me into depression. He likes to use those types of things. But you know what frees me from that? The word. Every time. By and large, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I chase after things. I think, I think I want this. I think I want that. I go, start and ex I, I go out there and start, like, that's what I have. And it's like, it doesn't fulfill me. But every time I get to the word, every time I get into the word, yeah. I'm fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Um, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant. Why? Think about this. Deal bountifully. For, that's, that's a good prosperity scripture. Deal bountifully with your, script, with your, with your servant. Why? That I may live and keep your word. That's what I want to be able to do. See, if my life is bountiful, it means that I can, the, the way the psalmist is looking at it here is if my life is bountiful, it means that I can, I, I can go with the word, that I can, I, I can have free, free uh, time to just meditate in God's word. I can, I can read it freely. I can speak it freely. I, can, I, I, I don't have to be uh, hiding it. Amen? Amen? Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing. Listen to this. This is how this, this, this person is, is approaching the word, the word of God. My soul is crushed with longing. Boy, we, we, I don't know if we can say that in faith circles, can we? Can we say that my soul is crushed with longing for God? Do you see the desperation in his voice or her voice? I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm, I shouldn't assume. It doesn't really matter. Can you see uh, uh, the desperation in the voice of the psalmist here? Can you see it? Like, I, my soul is crushed. If I don't have this, I don't have anything. Amen? After your ordinances at all times, you rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. It's arrogance to wander from the, the commandments. Yeah. Oh, I, I had this experience and I can't really find scripture on it or I can twist some scripture to kind of back it up. Arrogance. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, take away reproach and contempt from me for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies are also are my delight. They are my counselors. Amen. I can't tell you how many times in life, and I'm so thankful for learning, uh, for, for the knowledge of how to, you know, to, to, to get into this and, and to read it. I'm so thankful for that knowledge because it's, it, it, there's, there's times that we get to in life where there's nothing else. The only counselor you're going to have is the Word of God. You know, um, we talk about testing the spirits all the time. And, 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 and a lot of times in our circles, it gets to be a popular thing. Where you, you test the spirits or how you test it. Well, I test it by my spirit or, or whatever. It didn't settle right with me. But that's not how you test, test the spirits. You test the spirits according to the Word. You know, the Bible also tells us, I think it's in 1 Peter, that the, that the word is not, is not up for any private interpretation. You don't get to take the word and, and come up with a, a, an interpretation that blesses you. Right. 
That's not, that's not what the word is for. You know, um, if, if we're not testing the spirits, if we don't, if we don't hold a, uh, a standard, our standard to the word, and that's what I meant when I said, when I was going to Corey that night, was what, you know, if, if we were to, if we were to, uh, if we were to open this Bible, is this the conclusion we would come to? Is, are these the things that we would be doing? You know, and I think that's a good thing to ask ourselves as we go about life. If I were to get into the word, is this a conclusion I come to? Is this living according to the word? I mean, I, I'm at the place where I'm ready to just throw everything out. Just throw it all out. Just give me the word. That's what that's, I'll stay with that. Maybe I'll have my mom make me a quilt with the word imprinted on it. I can just lay there and, and read it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we'll, uh, probably as we're going to close, go to Ephesians uh, 5. And this is... This is really where the heart of the message was originally. It's not anything compared to what it was. Um, it didn't come out anything compared to what it, well, I shouldn't say anything. It's, it's not like I had originally saw it, but that's fine. I think it's helpful, though, so I know it's helpful. How do I know that? Full assurance, full assurance of faith. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, you know, the, if you study this out, uh, that to be filled with the Spirit literally means like be being filled or continually be filled. Uh, and, and not just with the Spirit, like, you know, and this is where some people, they, they mistranslate and they get, uh, 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 they have a lack of understanding what the Scripture's talking about. It's not saying be filled with the Spirit. So like if the, you know, if, if this water bottle, uh, if this water bottle represents you and the water inside the bottle represents the Spirit, it's not saying, well, I've only got this much of the Spirit or that much of the Spirit, but a lot of people look at it that way. What it really means is by means of the Spirit, so to be filled by means of the Spirit. So we are only filled by means of the Spirit. He's going to fill us as we connect with Him, but that's, you know, in, in, in connection here, of course, to do not be drunk with wine, it's, just, it's the same idea. Don't be, uh, don't be continually filled with, with, with a substance, which is what it says is dissipation, which also means excess. You know, it's, it's, it's like an, uh, an over-the-top excess. And see, so many people are like that with, um, with the wrong things. Yes. Now, they, they have an over-the-top excess of things. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about even drunkenness like uh, just without like alcohol. But people can do that with weird spiritual things too. They can be they can be filled to the excess with these weird spirit. That's not what it's actually. A lot of people have used this scripture to try to mean. Well, see, this means that you get drunk in the spirit. This has nothing to do with that whatsoever. In fact, if there's anything about this scripture, it's about sobriety. I said, if there's anything about this scripture, it's about sobriety. To use this as drunkenness in the spirit is completely taking it out of context completely taking it. I said it's completely taken. I'm not even afraid to say that anymore. I remember there was a day I was afraid to say that. I'm not even afraid to say that anymore. Why? Because I've studied enough to know. Yeah. It's just not, it's like nobody who, like, like nobody who knows the language. And listen, I don't know the language, but I, I study people that do. Yeah. And nobody that knows the language comes to that conclusion because it's so absurd 
to, to come to that conclusion because what this is talking about is being filled by means of the Spirit or to be continually filled by means of the Spirit. How do you think that you do that? Through His Word. If His words, if the words that He's spoken are Spirit and they're truth, if they're Spirit and life, what do you think that means? That's what he's talking about. He's equating, I mean, he's, he's saying the same thing that John said in the book of John there in 663. He's saying the same exact thing. He's saying that, that, that this is the life. See, the abundant life of Christ is to be filled with his knowledge, to be filled with his wisdom, to be filled with his truth. That's what abundant life is. You know, there was a time when I looked at abundant life was, oh, maybe it meant that I got a nice car or I got a nice house or this. That's John 10.10. 10. Uh, you, you know, Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That doesn't mean that you just get rich. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Now, I'm saying that that can't be a byproduct of things that come out of that, but that's not the purpose in saying that. If our, if, if our understanding of being filled with God is by what kind of natural things that we have, earthly things we have, then we've completely failed the Word because the Word tells us completely the opposite of that. You know, my, and as I, as I study these things out, it's funny because I look at my life and I think, my, you know, my life's blessed. My wife and I, we, we're blessed. We have a blessed home. We have nice things. You know, there's, we, 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 we're not in lack. You know, we always seems that we're taken care of. Yeah, there's a truth to the prosperity of God that, that God blesses you as you, as you go. But it's, it's not something that we, like, we don't spend our lives trying to see what we can rake in, what we can add to it. You know, I mean, I, I just give you the example. The Lord showed me, and it was a vision. He showed me. He showed me my life because we were about to do something. It was an investment. It was going to be. It was going to be a, a, a fruitful investment. He showed me it was. And you don't have to believe that, but that's this. This is what I saw. It was going to be a fruitful invest, investment. We were about to do it. But then He also showed me me sitting there studying the Word, and He showed me the things that I would give up that if, if I did that, it was going to take me away from this. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It was going to be a distraction from that. And God knows I don't need any more distraction from the Word of God. You don't either. And so, you, you know, bringing it back, bringing it all back around, I mean, I could be after things increasing in life, but God just blesses me as I go about life. And it doesn't mean that we'll all have the same things and we shouldn't be after that. We shouldn't even be looking at that, just allowing God to bring in what He's going to bring. There'll be times where we have less and times when we have more. There'll be times when, and, and there'll be some of us that will be very wealthy and some of us that may not at all. In fact, I, I've seen that, you know, as, I, as I've re-gone over some of these stories, even stories that I, uh, out of the Bible, you know, stories in the sense that they're not true, but these accounts of these things, you know, t telling the story of what happened. Um, you know, the, even things that I've preached before and I, I can't believe, you know, I saw it that way. You know, the rich young ruler and thinking, well, man, he, if he had just given up everything, he would have gotten everything. But the Bible doesn't say that. Do you know God has called some people to give it all up and never have another thing, yeah. never have another dime? Yeah. There's some people that are called to live in power. In fact, some of the, the most amazing men and women of God have, have come from, uh, sometimes have come from riches and given it all up just to, just to do the work of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. But there's so much I could go on to, and, and maybe I'm standing on somewhat of a soapbox tonight. I don't know. But I just know that these things are so much in my heart, and it's just like it, it, it's it, life, 
life, this life of chasing after uh, things that are anything less than God has just become so shallow. And it's not that, you know, we've, we've, my wife and I, that's what we've been doing all this time and that now we're just not. But, you know, the, the, the point is, is that the, that stuff filters in, you know, it's easy as, as we're, especially in this country, to, to, to try to, you know, look at the gospel through the American's eyes and, 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 and to make it just that way. We, we have to learn this, this, this idea of being content with, with whatever it is God brings us and, and, and just making our goal and our, our aim to be fulfilling his plan in our lives. And if we would do that, then with all that other stuff, it doesn't mean you can't ask God for anything. Of course not. Like, of course you can ask God if there's something that you want, but you don't, it's not your aim. It's not your goal. Amen. And so as, as, as we go forward, you know, my, my heart is this. My heart is the word. My heart's always been the word, but my heart is to give it you know, without, without, uh, unadulterated is what I want to say. Now, certainly I'm not going to be perfect at it. I'm not saying that I'm going to be, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm after the truth, the truths that God has spelled out and how they, uh, how they are, uh, and what he wants us to do with them more so than, than obtaining anything. Amen. Or, you know, being something or, or, you know, gaining something or whatever. I'm not trying to do any of that. Praise the Lord, and I know that you, you're you're not either. But uh, as we go forward in faith, you know that's that's the desire. Like I, you know, you know, we have this. I have this trip coming up, and even with that, I'm just like Lord. I, I mean, I don't even want to do it if it's not you. You know, that's why. I, but but God has dealt with me in that full assurance of faith to go with full assurance of faith and whatever He's called me to. You know, um, praise God, Hallelujah, to step out in it and. Uh, praise the Lord. And I believe, you know, as I lead by example, I believe that but other people will, will step into their own as well. Amen.